0: But there's something that you can't substitute for getting together with God's people. Now, I've got a word this morning for you, and uh, before I get into that word, um, I've, I've had this impression in my spirit for quite a while, and I didn't know exactly how to handle this or do it because I didn't want to bring... Um, focus on things, but um, I'd like all the couples here that have been married for less than seven years, if you could stand up. Your partner has has walked out. But if you've been married for less than seven years, stand up. And I know there's a couple others. There's my son Josh and Elise and Bradley and Veronica. and There might even be one or two more. Um, those of us who've been married longer than that, you need to pour into these couples. Um, What God has been shown to me is, as a father, I defend my family. You don't come into my house and say what you want. When you come into my house, it's my rules. When I come into your house, it's your rules. But the picture of a family is under attack like it's never been before. The mere definition of marriage. And so as your pastor, I want to encourage you that you look around, and it's not just these couples, although these couples, and I just picked seven years just because I knew there were some for three or four years, but look to others, and whether you there's sometimes all you have to do is put your arm around them. Come here, Monique. God's healing you. But sometimes all you have to do is do this. Keep your mouth shut (laughs) and your arms open. There have been times when people have said nothing and they've said everything. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage you to look around and it's not just the couples that are standing up. You can sit down now. But pray for one another. Pray for one another. In your life groups, which you do a tremendous job of, pray for those. Stand in the gap. If you know they're having a hard time, stand in the gap and say, not on my watch. That ain't happening around here. There are things that are stopping in the spirit realm and in the, in the realm of attack because we are standing up and saying, no more. Amen? Hallelujah. Have you ever been involved in a process that's changed? Have you ever been involved with something and, and the directions were this, 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 this happens, then this will happen, and when that happens, then we'll move on to this point, and when this point happens, then we'll move on to this, and when you finally get to here, the door will open? And, and you say, great, I can take that process. And then you start. And you take the first step and it works. And this happens. And you take the second step. And all of a sudden, something changes. And what you thought was going to happen now has kind of changed a little bit. And then all of a sudden, now you thought you were going to do this and this. But now they want you to do this and that and something else. And this morning, I want to take some time not just this morning, but over the next number of weeks. Um, next week, we have a, the pleasure of having Pastor Sean share. And so I want all of you here to shout amen. We're going to have a quota. I'm going to sit in church here, and I'm going to record how many amens. Uh, there's a great app for that. So I'm, um, I'm going to be doing that. But next week, Pastor Sean is sharing, and, and he shared a little bit with me what God has been putting on his heart. And I'm looking forward to hearing what he has. And as we approach Easter, I'm going to continue on this thought of the process, but I want to encourage you, Easter Sunday, invite somebody who doesn't know God. Because Easter Sunday, my sermon will be on forgiveness. In the process, when you walk in life and in the process of life, one of the ingredients that you must have is forgiveness. And the best picture of forgiveness is, Is Jesus Christ forgiving you and me? So Easter Sunday, I want to preach on the forgiveness that Jesus granted us and how we can walk in that. And I want to give people an opportunity, if they haven't accepted Christ, to accept his forgiveness and to see them repent and accept Christ into their heart. So I want to encourage you. I will preach that message. And if you say, well, I don't know how to witness, just say, come to church, they've got some coffee before the service. And then make sure they don't bring it inside the sanctuary. (laughs) But I want to talk this morning about process. I want to talk about it a lot. Last week. I think I've, in some ways God's funny. I didn't have this thought till about a week ago, but I believe as I've looked at the passages and the messages I've preached over the last two to three weeks, it's been relating to the, the process. And we've spent some time looking at Moses. And I want you to see what happened this morning in worship. The word that, that Sister Patty had, which we receive, and I appreciate you being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. There's a passage in the scripture, there's teaching on speaking in tongues and interpreting it. And that's something that I receive and I appreciate seeing alive in our body. And this morning, there were people here that were visual, and there were some of you in the pews, and the chairs, where you're in a process. And you're frustrated you're hurt, you're confused, you're fearful, you wonder if there's hope, you might be broken and this morning I believe God was just moving and just the balm of Gilead just just kind of just soothing. And and this morning as we as I preach, I want to give you some thoughts about the process. Because I believe God has us in a process. I know that. I see that in Scripture. And we've been looking at Moses. The first things we saw about Moses is is when we looked at Exodus 1, 2, and 3, where Moses is introduced, we see that God comes to him and God says, I've seen what you're up against. And he came to Moses, but he came because of the nation. Sometimes God will speak to you about something that is not just about you, but it's about others. And dare I say, some of you will actually speak to nations. And God came to him and said, I've heard the cries, and I've seen the pain, and I've seen what they've gone through, and I'm here to deliver them. And he's talking to Moses, and then he says, and I want you... To go deliver them. And I found that amazing because we get programmed in our head how we think God asks us to do something. God doesn't ask you to do something, He tells you to do something. But one of the reasons why I think we put it in the framework of God asks is because I want to be in control. If you ask me, I can then respond. And say yes or no. But when God comes, he says, no, I'm in control and this is what you're going to do. And you say, well, is that biblical? Well, he came to um, Abraham and he says, trust me, believe me, I want you to go. He didn't say, hey, Abraham, I have this crazy idea that I think maybe you could be the father of many nations. But I need you to ask, I I need to ask a favor of you. Could you please leave this area and and just trust me on this? No, he said, Abram, it's time for you to go. Pick up your bags and leave. When he came to Noah, he told him, build an ark. Gideon, hiding in his wine press, treading out stuff that that he was just trying to survive and he was hiding from the attacking armies. God says to him, I've come and you're going to be the deliverer. God doesn't ask, and sometimes we have made things a humanistic God. God. And what I mean by that is man in the center and God at my convenience. We've got to get that, that, that will not see victory. And I just found it amazing that God just blew that into my head and said, David, I don't ask, I tell. Then we saw the excuses that Moses had. And I challenged all of us to live a life without excuses. The excuse, well, what if they don't hear me? Who are you? Who am I? And he goes through all these. And it's funny how sometimes we throw up excuses, and every time they get answered, it's like, oh, I got to come up with another one. Like, oh, I don't want to help. Uh, I can't help, I don't know what to do. Well, here, I'll show you what to do. Oh, he got me. Okay, well, I don't really think I could use a hammer. Don't worry, I'll give you a hammer. Oh, man, I thought I could get away with. It. Um, you know, Tuesday doesn't really work for me because I got life groups every other Tuesday, so I can't make. It. No, that's okay, we'll change it to Thursday. Oh, man, what? And, and then finally you get to the point where you say, you know what, could you just find somebody else? I mean, that was the real thing. And God says, no, it's you. I'll give you somebody to help you, but you're still going to do it. Esther, her uncle, came to her and said, listen, maybe you've been born for such a time as this. He didn't give her a way out. So the process of life... And, and so we've seen that in Moses, and I want us to still keep that in mind and in our thoughts And as, we, as I talk about this, and I see that the two young men, oh, there's one of them, Brandon. Is Kyle around, or is he busy? He's, that's okay. I can do it without you guys. I brought a hairbrush, and I think maybe his hair, is, 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 it wasn't messy, so he didn't. But last week, I, I put Brandon here, and I said, this is where we start. And then I put Kyle over here, and this is where God sees us and how He sees us. And this space in the middle is called life. I don't have too much problem with my starting point because God came, and I don't have too much problem with the end point because that's my future and when I get to heaven. I'll dance all around, and I'll put on my royal crown, and, and I'll, I, sometimes we put that all the way off to heaven when I believe God wants you to live a victorious life on earth. And it's the stuff in the middle. It's the stuff in the middle. And this morning I've got some thoughts f- about this stuff in the middle, And I'm going to be doing that for a number of weeks, and I'm going to give you at the end of the sermon, I'm going to give you one growth principle on how to grow in the process. So I want to give you some principles or some things to think about the process, and then I want to give you just one principle every Sunday on how you can grow in this process. Because if you don't grow in this process, you'll do it again. And we just had this powerful time of worship. And I just, I still sense his presence here. He he doesn't leave just because we stopped singing, okay? He listens to David, and he says, I'm going to stick around and listen to this sermon. And and he will critique me later, not via email. And um, we had this amazing time of worship. But what are you going to do when you get out past these four walls? Because it can be pretty easy to hang out, to put arms around, lock arms, sing kumbaya, say thank you, Lord, and have this amazing time of worship. But I get cut off on Riverside three minutes after I leave the church, or better yet, by the time I put my children in the car, I'm frazzled. <laughs> it's like I did their seatbelt. They take off their seatbelt. They scream at me because they're tired. They tell me they want something to eat. And I've just had this amazing time of worship, and He's healed my heart, and He's given me amazing. What about my kids? And so I want to tell you and help you so that outside these walls, you can live victoriously because that's where life really happens. I get you for two hours a week. So I'm going to, and you said two hours? I thought it was like, okay, I get you for a little bit less than two hours. But if I keep saying two hours, you might stay longer. But I want (laughs) to give you, I want to give you a thought. So if you could put up the graphic of the process the simple one. This is how we envision it. Have you ever had a plan? And you say, no problem. I'm going to start there. It's going to increase, but everything's going to be cool. I'm going to get to the checkered flag, and life is going to be great, and everything's going to be hunky-dory. And it's like, oh, man, everybody's going to be my friend, and this and that. I'm going to get stronger. It's going to get better. But this is actually what reality is. Sooner or later, reality hits, and the graphic comes up. There you go. This, have you ever experienced this? The plan was nice and easy. Everybody's going to love me. Everybody's going to pat me on the back, say, good sermon, Pastor David. Nobody's going to come and say, you used that verse wrong. Nobody's going to, no, they're all going to just say, awesome sermon, way to go. Oh, I want to increase this. I want to do, but this is sometimes reality. You start, oh, something happens. Then you start, and, and what's amazing is it's usually an uphill climb, but we seem to gather speed going downhill. Have you ever noticed that? But this, to me, is a little bit more realistic. And what do you do in the valley? What do you do on the mountaintop? How do you cross the valley to the next mountaintop? And that's what I want to talk a little bit about. So I've got some thoughts for you this morning. If you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to write down in your notes Point number one is God is aware of your circumstances and your situation. God has not left you. And I don't know where you are in the process, and sometimes, and what's funny is in this process, we make a mistake, and we right away throw ourselves back, in fact, not only to the beginning where I'm a worm, but usually even beyond that. Like, I'm terrible, I'm not worthy, I'm... And God still looks at us from this perspective. It says in Ephesians, I'm seated with Him in heavenly places. And He's not talking about the sweet future by and by. He's talking about the nasty now. He's talking about today. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Read Ephesians. So God, the first thing, if you're taking notes, and I highly recommend this, to take notes, it lasts longer. God is aware of your situation and your circumstances. And I'll give you a few verses out of Exodus where God comes to Moses in Exodus 3 verse 8. He says, I've come down to deliver them. He says, I've heard their cry and I've seen that. God knows your situation. I may not even remember your middle name or even your first name. I should at least your first name, which I do. But God knows your height. He knows your weight. He knows whether it's increasing or decreasing. He knows your belt size, he knows your shoe size, he knows how many hair you got in your head. I think he made bald people just to make it easier on himself. He knows every single thing about you. And he knows what you're going through. So, the one thing I, in the process, the first thing I want you to understand about living life in the process is God is aware of your situation and your circumstances. He knows everything about you, He knows the good, and He knows the not so good. As the movie would say, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He knows it all, he's seen it all, and it doesn't even scare him. First thing, God is aware of your situation. What I find amazing about this is when God comes to Moses, he says, I'm aware of the situation, I've heard it, and I've come to deliver them. And then what he says, in the process, and I want to be honest with you, because God sees the situation you're in, He doesn't say, everything's going to be okay. Just rest in me, and you'll glide through all this. No, he comes to Moses, and he says, I've heard this, and I've come to deliver them, but by the way, Pharaoh's not going to want to let him go. God can take you out of Egypt in a moment, but sometimes it takes a life to get Egypt out of you. It took them one night to leave Egypt. It took them one night, God says, now's the time, go. Do you know what? It took them about three or four days and they started to complain that they didn't have garlics and leeks like they did in Egypt. It's one thing for you to get out of Egypt. It's one thing for God to come and to redeem your life. That's amazing, that's powerful, but do not stay there. Accept the process, and the process is getting Egypt out of me. It's changing my mindset, changing my thoughts, changing my ideas, and there will be struggles. i got to be honest with you. I wish I could say it's not going to be a problem, pat you on the back and say, see you next week, and you're going to be flying high the rest of this world. No, it's going to be a struggle. People are going to hang up the phone on you. Actually, maybe I should become more current. People are going to lambaste you on Facebook. They're going to block you. They're going to say nasty things about you. Do you think God isn't aware of that? Facebook doesn't scare God. I don't think we understand how to use it right, but that's another sermon. There's a process. First thing I want you to see is understand that God knows where you are. Second thing I want you to see is instead of trusting the process, trust God in the process. We can become so processed, so planned, so strategically orientated that we strategically plan God out of the equation. And in the process of life, God says, I want you to do this, do this, and, and we can even read it in the Bible, and the Bible says I'm supposed to just love my enemies, so that's real easy. But in the process, it takes work, it takes effort. I think it's dangerous when you start trusting the process more than you start trusting God. And I believe in the process, I believe in the plan, but I've had people come to me and put their arm in, around me and say, David, just trust the process. Have you ever heard that? Just trust the process. Well, the process had a flat tire this morning. The process changed. I was supposed to trust the process, and in trusting that process, this person was supposed to get along with me, and now they've been being nasty, and they've gossiped about me. And we get this process, or we get these three steps, and six steps, and twelve steps, and I love steps. I love, if you come to my office and you say you want to do something, one of the first things I'm going to say is, what's your plan? I love plans. I love strategizing. I love looking at things and figuring out. Sometimes I love it more than I like doing it. But what happens is we start to trust the process, and we forget God. What do you do when that plan breaks down? You get laid off. My plan was I was going to pay off this, do this, do that, and now all of a sudden I got laid off. The process is still moving forward, but you've just been hit. Trust God in the process. I'll give you a few verses because as I look out here, I'm seeing you're not exactly sure that I'm preaching the Bible here. Proverbs 16, verse 9 it says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Make plans. Oh, definitely don't just say, I'm just flying by the seat of my prowess. I'm just a spiritual person and I'm just gonna see whatever the spirit leads. Yeah, usually he leads you into a brick wall. Have a plan. Work the plan. But have God in the plan. We make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And Proverbs 19, 21, it says, Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Joshua, amazing pitcher. He wins his battle with Jericho. The walls fall down. They have this amazing victory. Sometimes your biggest challenge is the moment you have victory. Don't just think because I'm successful today, sometimes success can be more dangerous than failure. And Joshua had this success, and he led these people his first major victory, major war, and he won the battle, and they conquered Jericho, this amazing thing, by marching around it six times, uh, one time a day for six days, and then seven times on the seventh day, and the walls came down... Wow! I, I mean, I can't wait to get to heaven and catch the DVD. Yes. And obviously it's in high def or 4K, but it's going to be like, wow! Do you know the next battle, he sent guys out to check the land. They came back to him and said, don't worry about it, we just need to send a few people down. We don't have to send the whole arm. We don't have to do the whole thing. Just send a few people. And if you read the account, it says they did not Ask the Lord. They did not seek God. One of the downfalls of, Paul, of Saul, King Saul, if you read it, it says he did not seek counsel of the Lord. In Isaiah 30, verse 1, it says, Woe to those who take counsel, but not of me. Make a plan. Have a process, make sure God's in it, and trust God in the process. Don't trust the process. I will, I will look at a process, and I think it's great and it's good, but you know what? Sometimes things need to be tweaked every step you take. When they, when they shoot A a rocket up into the sky, they don't sit down and say, Here's the coordinates. And these physicists and these astrophysicists do these amazing calculations with gravitational field and how's it going to take to get through the gravitational field and how much energy do we have to through and the thrust of the jets. And they figure this all out. They don't sit there and go, One button, I'll see you when you come back. They're constantly making adjustments they look at the course and they can see the course and they can, from the course, they can say, this is the trajectory. And the target's here, but the trajectory's there. We need to adjust now because right now it's just a small adjustment to change course instead of a major adjustment to correct. So have a plan, but then what's God? Where's God in the plan? Number three, When you look at the process, there are times when you need to go through in order to get to. I don't like that. I don't like going through. I'd rather just get to. But there are things in life that you will have to go through in the process in order to get to. In Psalm 23, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't say, Yea, though I walk around it. He doesn't say, Yea, though I walk beside it. He says, Yea, though I walk through. There might be times in your life when you're going through a shadow and through something that's hard, but God is taking you to somewhere. And when you look at life and you look at the process of life, there are things that God will do, and he says, I want you to take you through this in order to get you to that The process. Deuteronomy eight says, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not be afraid or dismayed. Do not fear. Trust God. But there may be things that you go through in order to get to. And some of our society right now is promoting the two And eliminating the through. And we do ourselves a disservice because there are things that happen through the process that develop. There are things that happen. I have been driven to my knees through process. I have learned to be humble through a process. I have learned how to call on Him through the process, that if I got here, there are lessons that I've learned along the way that I would not have learned if I just arrived. Now, I'm not saying, not every single time there are things you go through. There are some things that God does. Grace, grace is amazing. Grace is his empowering ability. You're not doing, don't think you have to do this all alone. You are doing it through Christ, the Holy Spirit is with you. Yes, you are doing it. Yes, you have to quit that bad habit. Yes, you have to change that. But it's the Holy Spirit that lives with you that gives you the grace to overcome. You're going to go through. One other verse. In, in, in Isaiah 43, when you pass through the waters i will be with you and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you when you walk through the fire you shall not be f- burned and the flames shall not consume you when the children there the, the the shadrach meshach and abednego when they were thrown into the fire the guys that threw them in the fire died. Think about that. The fire was so hot that the guys who put them in the fire died from the heat. They get in the fire, and somehow, I don't know the graphics or the logistics of this, but they're able to see the fire, and the king looks and says, didn't we send three guys in, and now there's a fourth? And that was as the son of man, the son of God, God's with you through the fire. Then when they came out, you couldn't even smell it. That is amazing. Because I've been around fires. And it permeates the house. I sit around a campfire, and then my wife hugs me the next day, and she goes, oh, you stink like the fire. We still hug. We still have public displays of affection. But it's at a distance sometimes. But fire gets all over you and you smell. And here those kids came out. And they didn't even smell. And in this process, you may be going through something because God is bringing you to something. Don't ever negate The process and what God is doing through that process in order to get you to where He wants you to go. Enjoy the journey and literally enjoy it. Enjoy it. It says, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations and trials. Those are my three uh, points. And as, Pastor, as Dr. Brown would say, don't give them three points in a poem. So I'm not going to give you a poem, but I want to give you one closing thought. Because this morning, I believe God was moving very powerfully. And if you've taken notes, there's been some notes that I've given you on the process and just aspects of the process. I want to give you one growth principle about how to grow in the process. And if you're writing this down, do not give up. Do not give up. That's a key to growing in the process. It says in Proverbs that a righteous man falls seven times, but he rises again. Have the again principle in your life. I may fall. I may stumble. I might scuff my knee. I might make a fool. I might even say something I shouldn't have said. Get up again. Don't throw yourself back here. But look and say, God, you've called me, and you're going to work with me, and you forgive me, and move on. Yes, repent. Yes, get forgiveness. Yes, deal with it. Don't let it stay. You must deal with it. But move. Keep going. Don't get stuck and say, oh, I just give up. Too many times people have given up. And they haven't arrived where God wants them to go. And it's not God's fault. Do not give up. Write that in big letters. You're going through something. Going through it. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't give up. You say, Is that scriptural? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm not going to teach you something that's not biblical. Galatians 6, verse 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. You will see the promise God has for you. Don't give up. This morning is amazing. We're standing here worshiping. God is pouring out His Spirit. You might run out of gas. Literally, Metaphorically, spiritually, get filled up. Keep going. Do not give up. If you're going to be stubborn, and some people don't like that word, but if you're going to be stubborn, if somebody's going to call me stubborn, I hope they call me stubborn because I don't give up. I hope they call me a blockhead because I'm determined because God said something I am not going to give up and I'm going to get up again and I'm not throwing in the towel just because I made a mistake. I'm not throwing in the towel just because it's hard. I'm not throwing in the towel just because this didn't work out. I am not giving up. Have that as a growth principle, a mindset of going through the process. I'm going to give you some more over the weeks. I want to give you five, six, seven, I don't know how many, but I want to give you some that through the process, there's principles, there's a mindset to have that yes, I understand the process and I understand it's not always going to be great. I understand God's aware of my circumstances. I understand i got to go through it, but sometimes I just want to give up. Don't. Give up. You will reap. There is no doubt in this passage. You will reap if you faint not. I am sowing my way through some situations. I'm sowing financially, but I'm also sowing prayerfully. I'm sowing givingly. I'm sowing generously. I'm sowing of love. I'm sowing of care. I am sowing. Why? Because his word says, I will reap if I faint not. And reaping is connected with sowing. If you're in the middle of something, and I could probably, if I asked for a show of hands, probably most of us, if we're honest, would raise our hands. Don't give up. Don't overcomplicate it. Just say, I'm getting up again. I'm getting up again. Well, you made a mistake. I'm getting up again. Well, you said something you shouldn't have. Yeah, I need to repent. I need to ask forgiveness. I need to restore that relationship. But I'm getting up again. Amen. Do you receive that? Amen. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to pray for Pastors Daniel and Brenda. And then. Cleo and Kieran and then after that we're going to receive the offering. Heavenly Father I just pray right now that you would just take this word and Lord we would have a mentality and a mindset of growing through the process. And Lord I thank you that you're so powerful with us watching over us, caring for us this morning and that you just so vividly touched us and met with us so powerfully, so strong. And Lord, may we carry that forward and walk in strength and victory this week. In your precious name. Amen. Amen. Pastors Daniel and Pastor Brenda, would you come up? And Kieran and Cleo. As I mentioned earlier, and I'm not going to give Pastor Daniel the mic, but, but yeah, he's going to get it later. But they're going to Kenya this week. Um, this is an opportunity personally through our parents, Pastor Daniel and my parents, and um, they started a, uh, supporting a, a work in Kenya. They've done a number of works. My parents have been amazing supporters of, of missions. And um, they have a 10-year celebration happening in Kenya. And um, they are, I think, dedicating a hospital or a a medical clinic. And a lot of that is through relationship with my parents. My parents aren't the only ones, but they've been large. And um, so my parents have asked family members if we would like to go, and many of us could not make it. But Pastors Daniel and Pastor Brenda were able to, to do that, and this is something that's going to grow. Um, just practically speaking with relationship with my parents, but also we believe as, as Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda move out into these areas and into these territories that they are going to grow and they, they will be launching out and taking that forward. And we get the honor through Solid Rock to be a part of this so we have the the amazing opportunity when we sow into missions that we're sowing into something that is moving forward. So we're going to pray for them. They're leaving on Thursday. When do you arrive in Kenya? Friday night. Friday night. Two flights later and and uh, I I've done that f- once and that was like for a lifetime. So um so we're going to pray for them but I, I want to give everybody here an opportunity to come and and stretch forth our hands. It's not just a one-person thing. So um, if you could come forward, let's stretch forth our hands. We're going to pray for safe journey. We're going to pray for protection. We're going to pray for God to move on them. Amen. You can come up on the stage. The the stage is holy, but you can come up here. no, you can keep your shoes on. That's wisdom. <laughs> Come on up and, and let's let's put our hands on them. Men, there's a little bit of room here. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we just stand at support. As brothers and sisters, as spiritual children, with Pastors Daniel and Pastor Brenda, and Kieran and Cleo, Lord, and I speak protection, Godspeed, watch over them. I ask for doors to open, Lord, that they're not just going to celebrate, but Lord, that you have something in store. Because these people are receptive to your spirit. They are moving in the things of the spirit. So, Lord, I I pray an unction of the Holy Spirit, a further unction, a greater anointing to fall, not just on Pastor Daniel, but on Pastor Brenda, and even on Kieran and Cleo, that you would give them thoughts and ideas. Lord, that they would be impressed. They would see things in the spirit. And Lord, that they would be able to understand and discern what you are saying. So Lord, we speak over them life. We speak over them protection and Godspeed. We speak over them, Lord, that they would take from us and deposit to them. And Lord, that we would be partakers of this harvest and of this sowing. Bless them now in your precious name. Amen.